Ashley, and Suzanne. This is How are you guys? Hi. Hope well. Yeah, because we can't really hear them say anything. I know. I to just us. realized after I asked how you're doing that this is a one-sided conversation. It's always going to be a one-sided conversation unless they fine. tweet at us. Yeah, you can tweet. Yeah, and we'll answer some for. questions. Yeah, totally down for it. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. So we have a couple things to talk about that are hot. Yeah. And right bothersome. now and, and a little bothersome. <laughs> just a little bit. Um. What should we start with? What's hot right now, Mila? Let's just get right down into it, into the nitty-gritty. Okay, into the nitty-gritty. Well, um, I mean, I've been listening to the Serial podcast. Yes, which, which we both yes, have. You I have think you're well. a little further along than I am. Yeah, and then I realized, um, for some reason, I thought, based off of um, this lovely man's Twitter feed, um, his name's Brian Koppelman, and oh. he has a podcast called The Moment, mm-hmm. which I love. Um and I know you've listened to, you like it too, right? I have not listened to oh, it Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And you would like it because he does one with Mike Briglia. Ugh, and I love Which Mike I can never Briglia. say his name. And I was actually afraid that I was going to stutter right there. Um, <laughs> that's a really good episode. So you should definitely watch definitely that. I listen to it. But yeah. Side note, yeah. if anybody hasn't listened to Mike Briglia's um, comedy CD or what would, what would that be called? I guess it is. It's like an album. A comedy a album. Yeah, yeah. Called Sleepwalk With Me. Right. I know. I'm going to write that down actually. Just incredible. Sleepwalk. I think it's an amazing. Um, well, it just comes up when you put into Google. Yeah. It's it's an amazing piece of, of art. Okay, cool. Um, and it was actually given to me. Oh. Uh, Joss gave it to me. Oh, that's nice. And was where I was introduced to Mike Birbiglia. And Perfect. Who's Joss? You should listen to it. <laughs> Joss Whedon? Oh, Joss Whedon. Okay, <laughs> Old yeah. Joss Whedon? Because there's also Joss and Maine, so I wasn't sure. Joss and Maine, would... the uh, furniture yeah. company? Yeah, exactly. So I, I wasn't sure what you were talking about. They would give about. me things. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's funny because um, I actually was going to go off on a tangent, so I don't think I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um <laughs> I was going to get into Starbucks, but there's no reason to get into it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back around to it. But in any case, I saw on Brian Koppelman's feed that he binged on cereal. So okay. in my head, when somebody binges on anything, because you can now with streaming and all that, um, I thought the whole season was out for some reason. So I also binged on it myself. And so how many episodes in were you? I was only like two or three episodes in and... Um, sorry, I'm just laughing because you're taking a picture of the dog with the remote. Which oh, I'm going to post it right now on Twitter because <laughs> oh. he's, um, using a remote as a pillow. <laughs> he uses anything as a pillow <laughs> and he's, uh, so we're talking about my dog, Winston, who, um, I've mentioned before on here. He has Winston the pup on, um, that's Instagram. his handle. Yeah. And on Twitter, and Twitter which yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah, it's just great. He's really funny. Yeah, he's a dog. We are going off on so many tangents. I know. Sorry, you guys. Yeah, We've had I'm a lot sorry. of coffee. We went to Starbucks again Ooh. and got chestnut praline lattes. Mila <laughs> spent the night last night. I did. Because she watches Sons of Anarchy yes. with Brian. Right. And then they Ugh. watch it, and then they watch some after stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> it's the Sons of Anarchy afterward. And so um, since we had to record this podcast, we yeah, just, just decided to sleep over. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here we are Wednesday morning. Right, so... I listened to about seven episodes straight of Serial. Um, 
And Ashley and I have always talked about how great it's just so well put together. It's so well done. And I feel um, you could you could totally tell that it was like completely like so well thought out. Yeah. Obviously, when you have like, you know, um, Ira Glass and all these people behind it. Um, oh, yeah. It's going to be well done. Koenig. Koenig. I know. I, don't, Koenig. I think that's her name. She says it in the beginning of each thing. And I still get it wrong because when she talks to um, Anand in prison, he says her name incorrectly as well, I believe. But she never corrects him. Because I, I do the same thing. Because people say my name all wrong all the time. You just get to the point where you're just like, meh, that's fine. Yeah. I'll just respond to anything. People say Myla a lot. Myla. Myla Shay. Myla Shay. And that's Mila like, Shaw. what? Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Serial, if, in yes. case you don't know what it is, um, right. it's a podcast that um, is produced by This American Life, I guess. Like Ira Glass, that whole group. And right. it's one story told... Every week, um, and I think there's going to be only be 13 episodes. Yeah, and it's basically, I don't know. It's a true story, and it's about the murder of this girl that happened in 1999 of this high school girl. They convicted this one guy, and it's sort of this one woman, the Susan woman who we're talking about. No, no, Sarah. Sarah, sorry, Sarah. I don't know who Susan is. I'm Susan, just you know. Up. <laughs> you know Susan. Sarah, she was was and is, I guess, a reporter for the Baltimore Sun, because this happened in Baltimore, Maryland. And she is sort of on a quest to find out if he actually was the real killer of um, this teenage girl that was murdered. Right. And so we're sort of discovering stuff along with her, and it's just so well put together, and there are interviews. And if you like that type of thing, you should check it out and listen to it, because it's really great. Yeah, a lot of people like it. Um, I like it. Ashley likes it. And I yeah. think that's all that matters. Yeah. We're tastemakers. So, you know, obviously. <laughs> we make tastes. We make the taste. Um, yeah. So it comes out every Thursday. But basically, um, yeah, they've put out eight episodes so far. And I don't know. It's really interesting because I was talking about it with you the other day that we can basically get the same feel of like storytelling in a sense, like 2020 and 48 hours and like investigate and all those kind of things. But for some reason, the way that they've d done it, it gets people so involved. Like, yeah, did Anand do this? Like, did he yeah. kill Hay? You know, and and um, and then it's like, what's the deal with Jay? Why did he say that? Is he telling the truth? If there is no payphone, you know, at Best Buy, then what is he talking about? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty pretty well done. It's great, and I have you know, it, it's really cool because there's that part where she in episode one she's like. If I asked you what you did yesterday, maybe you could tell me what happened. If I asked you last week what happened, you would have a really hard time telling me all the details. And now try coming up with that, you know. Six weeks later. Yeah, or even just like any any amount of time. If nothing significant happens to you, um, there is no like landmark in your brain that's like, oh, yeah, you know, April, you know, 2nd, like 2001. Yeah, here's what I what did. What was I doing? You know, yeah, there's like. No, there's no way you would be able to recall that. No. And especially if you have something in your day as, because, you know, they're interviewing all of these teenagers. Yeah. And in the first episode, she points out how hard it is to recall what you do in your daily life. Right. And because this kid couldn't really remember, he's in jail. Right. And it's. Kind of scary because I, I've been lately. I've been watched between um, the West Memphis Three, which is a whole other documentary. Okay, um, about these three kids that were convicted of um, murdering these three boys, but 
They had mm-hmm. nothing to do with it, and they've been in jail for 20-something years or something. Uh-huh. They've gotten out because of these ma- amazing documentaries that HBO made. Anyway, um, it's just crazy when you hear these types of things, and then you can see how just getting in the system or the investigators just can completely drop the ball. Right. And then that person ends up in jail, and they had nothing to do with it. Right. And we're not actually sure, though, about this case. We're not sure about yeah. this case, but there's yeah, a lot of stuff speaking. that comes up where you're like, why didn't they right. investigate that? Yeah, exactly. Like the um, the fact that one of the girls was like, oh, yeah, no, we were at the library together. And it's just like it was written in um, a nun's um, attorney's notes, but she never... Um, she never investigated it. No, she didn't, and she never pulled those tapes. And... Oh, that feeling of like when Sarah and her producer they go to that library and like the woman's like you know we would never like we would definitely not have it and they had like seven tapes total for each week and then they would just reuse those tapes every week so um, even if they did find out they, there was a possibility that they weren't going to be able to um, really even see the particular day that he was there um, oh, so so disheartening because there's so much like technology and stuff that you know, works to your detriment, really, because you can't use it. And in this one, they use a lot of cell phone technology, like where is it pinging from? Like which cell tower is it pinging from? Is he close to Leakin Park? Is he not close to Best Buy? And it's just like, um, you know, you got the um, the prosecutors using cell phone technology to make their case. And then, you know, there's been so many like science-related reports that say that you can't use some of that technology um to prove anything so it's kind of like ah, it's like I don't know you get so frustrated and I you can tell how frustrated like she even gets because like to her she'll have some good news what she thinks is good news for Anan she'll get on the phone and he'll just be silent He's yeah. like, no, I mean, you know, because it's like, you know, he's been in there for so long now, that like for 15 years. Yeah, because he's, he's 32 now and he yeah. went in when he was 18. Right. Yeah. So we're we're both like the same age almost as, yeah. as him. So it's kind of like thinking about the last 15 years and just thinking about how would you feel if you didn't do something and you were in prison, which, you know, is an old story, obviously, of, you know, people that are it's wrongfully so many people. convicted. And um, I don't know. It, it's really, it's good. Yeah, I like it's it a, a really great podcast. So if you guys have a chance to listen to it, um, you should check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, especially thinking about things that are in prison. And oh, and speaking of prison. Yes. Yes, this week, um, for some reason, it just kind of blew up on um, like in the media, which is uh, um, Charles Manson's getting married. <laughs> which is pretty amazing. And I didn't realize oh until yeah. today that he's marrying, well, I guess this came out yesterday, but he's marrying a 26-year-old. Right. And he's name. 80? He's 80. She's 26. And her name is Afton Burton. Which I feel like I've been looking at pictures of her and she's, I mean, she's young and she's, she's so pretty, yeah. but she's clearly very lost. She's crazy. She's crazy. I mean, he's obviously crazy. So. I know. The fact that she's like, oh no, he's not manipulating me. When it's like, well, maybe she is a little, <laughs> he is a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, like, he, at his request, she carved, like, um, that thing. The on X forehead. on her forehead? Yes. <gasps> well, maybe he's a little bit manipulative then, you think? Yeah. Oh, you my know, gosh. In protest of him going into solitary confinement. And just like, wait a minute. What did he do to go into solitary confinement at 79 or 78 or whatever, however old he was? But in any case, 
you can do a bunch of things to be to have to go in the hole. But like, it's really interesting to me that she is like wholeheartedly behind this guy, and she has been following Charles Manson since she was sixteen. Ugh, I man. think that's when she discovered him. How? How did these people? How did they follow him in the first place? I remember I read Helter Skelter when I was like fifteen, and yeah, I just don't understand how. All of these people just followed him. Right. We're just like, yeah, we'll do what you want. I know, because you have to be obviously super charismatic and uh, super convincing if you're going to get people to do, um, to engage in like really bad crimes. I mean, for murder. You. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called murder. <laughs> so we found this video of Afton Burton. She likes to be called Star. I'm so. so sorry, Star. Right. Her uh, star. A right. video that she made, I guess, where she's announcing to her dad that she's getting married and then to uh, <laughs> Charles Manson. And then it's a video that clearly she's made in her house or something because it's like a, off of the web computer. So let's just play it and see what she has yeah. to say. Everybody knows the name Charles Manson. True. Right. And why is it that Whenever most people think of the name Charles Manson, they think of somebody that's crazy <laughs> and somebody that's a killer and um, insane and bad wow, and evil. Wow. Maybe because he is. Why? My God. Would somebody think that? I uh, have a couple reasons. Yes, maybe why. Well. I think it's kind of obvious why, because that's what, what the TV oh. has been telling the people for over 40 years. She's an idiot. Now, is that true? Yes. What the television oh has been God. telling you? It is. Uh. Do you really think that they tell the truth about everything? Maybe not everything. Um, what? Now, most people... I mean, my neighbors, my parents. Oh, my God. Um, I would kill my own daughter. Jesus. The people at the post office, they <laughs> know that they can't believe what the media says. They know that the television tells lies and stretches the truth. They and do? Tells all kinds of stories <laughs> all day long. Television sets. <laughs> but why do... The people still have such a strong opinion about Charles Manson. Oh my God! <sighs> it's just—it's a myth that is so deeply embedded into the consciousness of society. I don't think those that are her words. People just no. assume it as truth. Clearly, that's what he's been telling oh her. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's crazy, dude. She's so crazy because, okay, she's either crazy herself and she's just like one of the other girls that was part of the Manson family that obviously got sucked into his, like, whole thing. Yeah. Because clearly he's still got it. Yeah. He, you know? Yeah. You don't get Whatever rid of it. Whatever it is. Right. He's still got it and he's 80. Right. I know. Well, he's still with it. Because the problem is, is that if he... Has been <laughs> the thing about prison also is that like if you you know can avoid getting like hurt and all that kind of stuff 
I mean, can you think of anything more consistent in your life? Like, you're going to wake up at the same time, you're going to go to sleep at the same time, you're going to eat at the same time, you're going to eat the same food all the time. So it's kind of like you're living in this bubble where you can be maintained if you don't have any, like, diseases and all those things that will eventually kill you. So in my opinion, I feel that, like, he's been, like, preserved in prison because oh, interesting. Because like a lot of people have said, like while in prison, like you know he's super controlling, he's manipulative. Because who knows what he can do to other prisoners as well? Yeah, because if he has that whole thing, oh my gosh! And oh, then man, if she's been writing to him and she's been visiting him, because it also says that when she was nineteen, she left Illinois to go move um, closer to him. Come here, yeah, to California, so that she could be closer to him. Because um, oh. she visits him like. I think it says, like, almost every weekend they talk about, like, everything. Um, Yeah, so after a few years of sending letters and talking to Manson on the phone, Star, at age 19, I wonder if he named her. (laughs) Yeah, you know know it. He's like, you're my star. Yeah, that's exactly how it You're my moon and stars. (laughs) That's exactly how it was. (laughs) And she talks to Manson almost every day by phone and visits him on most weekends. Now, this is very interesting to me because it costs a lot of money to talk to somebody in prison, and I know this. Um, because I've also done this. I You work at a prison on weekends. Right. And so sometimes the kids, they'll call. And you have to pay a lot of freaking money. Like, it costs, like, 20 bucks for just a few minutes. Okay, we're talking about a mere few minutes. And, like, you don't even notice how long or how fast those minutes go. Who has to pay? The the families or? I do. So it's, like, if I get a call, it'll be, and you can kind of get a sense of what this sounds like if you listen to the Serial Podcast because Anon call Sarah all the time and she can't call him obviously so they have like these set up times and basically you hear like call from da 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 and then so it'll be like a collect call it's a collect call at the end of it but it's way more expensive than a collect call and if you want to accept the call then you go into this other you press like this number and then you have to give him your like credit card information and all this kind of stuff and then you can talk to them for only a few minutes and then um after that's over then you hang up and you have to wait like 30 minutes before making like another call. It's like it's very it's very confusing and complex. So the fact that they talk every day, that means that she's putting a lot of money into this. I wonder what she does for a job and how she makes money. Didn't you find a picture of her working at McDonald's? That was when she was younger. Oh, okay. I mean, she is young. I mean, <laughs> that was five years ago. Um, I mean, maybe she still works at McDonald's. She could. And Who she knows? visits them on most weekends, it says. But would that be enough money to make all of those phone calls and to talk to him for that long? That's what's crazy. So I don't know how much in between time. So they can't get together. You read that they can't get together and have sexy times. They cannot. Um, She says. So then what's the point? She says when they talk, we talk about anything and everything. You know, like what's going on today? Who's doing what? Like who? I wonder if they've talked like. (laughs) She's like, so this is what happened last week with Kim K. Yeah. Like I wonder if Charles Manson talks about so Kim Kardashian broke the internet. (laughs) He's he's like, what's the internet? Right. (laughs) She's like, okay, let me tell you what the internet is. (laughs) Um, and I try to help him file papers and stuff like that. File papers. What What does he need to file? Need I don't know what he needs to file papers for. Like what? kind of papers does anybody need after being in prison for so long it's like you don't even have any credit anymore what taxes do you have to pay at this point you're not because we're paying for to put him into prison right we're paying for paying charles manson me and you physically we are or literally literally paying yeah we are because our 
God. Our tax dollars at work, ladies yep. and gentlemen. Charles Manson. Um, but the prison limits physical contact. During visits, Starr and Manson can only hug each other at the beginning and at the end. Ugh. Because Manson is serving a life sentence, they won't be allowed any conjugal visits, even if they're officially married. So... Why do I feel like I've seen that in movies, though? Like, if someone gets married, or, like, a married couple, they get to see each other, and then they frantically have, like, a half an hour that they're allowed to go in this own room and, you know, do it. Right, and I think it just goes back down to what your crime is and maybe, like, what... What um, you've done. Yeah, like, um... I mean, I could look up conjugal visits. Yeah. Let's in see what California? Conjugal. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so crazy. I don't know. The whole thing is so insane to me because she... All she oh wait actually this is what she does she spends her days painting oh okay <laughs> I love it and maintaining several of Manson's social media sites including MansonDirect.com her goal is to try to get Manson out of prison arguing that he had nothing to do with the seven Tate LaBianca murders that he was convicted of masterminding oh <laughs> that's untrue it's so untrue it's just insane that anybody would even like think that ugh. I wonder if just him being in prison after all of these years, he's still clearly trying to find a way out. And he's like, let yeah. me just brainwash you and say, I had nothing to do with this stuff. Right. Um, they were saying that like three years ago, he had another parole hearing because I remember his name had come back up. And it's because of this parole hearing, but it got denied again. And then they had claimed that this was like probably his last one. Jeez. I think they were basing that off of his age, but I mean, yeah. who knows what this guy did? Golly. You know what I mean? Like, he's so, um, I don't know. Ooh. Ooh. This whole thing is, is just, and everyone is just so upset about it because um, people are questioning marriage rights all over again in the sense of like, um, oh, Manson can get married, but these two, um, like, homosexual, like, the, the, like this homosexual couple cannot you know what I mean and yeah. so like I, a lot of people are getting like up in arms yeah, well I could it. see how that could make yeah. people angry it would make me angry too it, if I was allowed to get married um, yeah so I don't really know what she's thinking um but she's clearly uh, you know something's wrong she's not all there no, I mean not. you can t you can hear it she you can, can hear she's it. not an incredibly smart and with it young yeah. woman which oh is sad God. right and her parents are just like I couldn't even imagine if I was her parent. I would die. I would die. I would, I would, I would kidnap her. Yeah. And Throw her in her basement. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I don't know. It's <laughs> oh just so God, sad it's so to me. Horrible. I just can't believe it. I am. It's so weird to me that, that there are just some people that are so, uh, you know, sort of open and, are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just easily given given to sort of cults or things like that where it's just you know they're on to whatever the next thing is and they're like yeah you know this is what's happening and this is what I'm supposed to do and I'm just gonna go and live in this commune and I know it's so strange to me well the fact that they're even having that kind of like um uh, way of speaking there's already something like wrong with you if that's yeah, how you're speaking, of like course. in this like sing-songy, like everything's cool, like everything's fine, like dreamy. Really, he's not manipulative. He just told me to carve an X onto my forehead. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, no, I wanted to do it. I wanted to shave my head. Oh yeah, yeah, like, stresses had, me out. Yeah, she's like, um, he Charlie, and she calls him Charlie, which I think is 
pretty awesome. <laughs> Old um, Charlie. She was like, um, what did she say? It's kind of interesting. Um, the man that I know is not what they have in the movies or in documentaries and the books. He's nothing like that. He doesn't pe- tell people what to do. Okay. Well, He's not manipulative at all. Charlie never believed in something called Helter Skelter. That didn't have anything to do with any... That didn't have anything to do with why those people were killed. Okay. Um, well, I mean, it kind of did, actually. He's never thought any of that stuff. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. You're crazy and ridiculous. I and he's manipulating it. you. I can't believe it. Well... The only thing that he's trying to manipulate people into doing is planting trees and cleaning up the earth. He genuinely cares about that. He's nice to everyone. I've never seen him try to be manipulative. I've never seen any of that. Right. Because that's what great, amazing, sociopathic, and obviously he has some kind of form of... They had said at some point that he was probably like schizophrenic at some point or whatever. I don't even know if that can go away. But... He's obviously has that socio tendency and you don't know when you're being manipulated. So that just kind of makes her whole emphatic reasoning bunk. Yeah, that's pretty what sad. What does she know? What does she know? She's young. She doesn't know. Hopefully as she gets older. Like what is, what is she going to do after he's gone and she's in her 50s? And she's like, what was I doing? At least I hope she will have that realization as she gets older. I know. Older. Like what is she going uh... – what is she going to do? I don't know what she's going to do, but they're into this thing called ATWA, which is an acronym for, um, what's an acronym for? Air, trees, water, animals. Oh, okay. And all the way alive. <laughs> all the way? Not just a little bit, but just you're part of the all way. the way alive. Can we do one called PATWA? <laughs> part, part way. All the way. Partly part all, all the way. way alive. <laughs> all the way alive. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so That's good. really funny. Ugh, it's just, it's awful. Well, you know, on that note. Yes. Um, speaking of prisons, which is something we've never addressed, on the weekends. Yeah. Um, you work with a program called IOW. Right. Which, which is, is Inside, Inside Out, Out Writers. Right. Um, and Mila goes to various juvenile halls mm-hmm. and works with kids um, and does a writing program there. Right. We teach creative writing um, to incarcerated juveniles. Um, and the program is pretty freaking awesome just because a lot of the kids that are inside prison and these juvenile halls, they've basically just been forgotten about. And, um, and, and they so, continually will keep going through the system because right. sometimes it's just what happens. Yeah, because a lot of it has to do with their environment and um, just the hand that they've been dealt. So, you know. Um, yeah, because if they're growing up in that environment, because out here in Los Angeles, right, there are a lot of places where you know, Compton, Long Beach, right, um, Watts, all of it, all of it. It's just hard because they don't ever leave that town, and it's like you you grow up in that environment, and it's so hard to not grow up or make the choices that everybody else is making. Yeah, and then a lot of their family members are either in and out of jail or they're really hard workers and they're not around um, or they're just not around at all. And they've seen, you know, like I've had kids that, you know, they've seen their parents die or they've been around people that have been murdered or 
um, nobody wants them. And so they get into this mindset and nobody wants me, but hey, my gang family wants me. And then, you know, they end up doing things and then they realize that the gang family goes away once they're inside because no one wants anybody, like nobody wants anything to do with you once you're inside. Right. Um, and no one's going, and you know, and if you feel like I can't be a rat, because that's a huge thing too, like, oh, I can't rat out such and such or whatever, um, they realize that those people wouldn't do the same thing for them. So a lot of these kids come, the thing is like we want them to come to that realization through writing because a lot of the kids um, have not paid attention in school. But then again, I've had a lot of kids that like have been like really good students that have just done like, that have made bad mistakes and have done, you know, dumb shit that yeah. all of us do when we're kids but yeah sometimes they uh, a lot of these mistakes have like grave consequences so um so yeah so basically we teach them um or it's not like we're teaching them how to write it's just about encouraging them to write like whatever is going on inside so it's kind of like self-therapy so you know? how many kids do you have in your class right now I know some of them will not be there all the time because they might right. get in a fight and they'll be in lockdown or right exactly um Right now I have 12, which is a lot because um, we're talking about like 15 to 17-year-olds usually is like the median age. Um, and they're – at the end of the day, it's like – just imagine being in like a room – we're, actually, we're not in a room. We're in a hallway, but with just teenage boys at the end of it. Like that's how I look at it. I'm not even like saying like thinking I'm when I walk in. I'm prisoners right now or something. Yeah, exactly because it's just like you get past all that because – you know, uh, some of them have just made a mistake and um, and they've come to terms with that or whatever. And some of them have been sentenced, some of them haven't. Um, and they're and just then, in a waiting pattern. Yeah, exactly. And, but yeah, when you get in there, it's just so funny because like they're just teenage boys, you know? Yeah. And they make you crazy because they are teenagers and teenagers always make you crazy. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like I went to... Um, because Inside Out, what they'll do for them is they have wh whoever the kid... Because they can decide if they want to be in the program or not, right? Yeah, but basically the ones that um, I currently do, it is... Um, it's all like the harder, harsher crimes. And um, so it takes a lot for them to even be accepted into the class. Okay. Um, so it's vetted by like some other people. And, okay. Um, but yeah, it's voluntary, obviously. Yeah. Well, they do performances for them like every, is it twice a year? Yeah, I think it's twice a it's year. It's twice a year where, who you know, there's different, there's a bunch of different teachers. How many teachers do you guys have just specifically here in Los Angeles? Um, be too many to count. Well, I mean, at the facility that I'm at on Saturdays, there's about four to five of us. And then at one of the other juvenile halls, there's, there's several more. So probably like 10. So they have, they will do these performances for the kids, which I think is pretty cool, and where they will bring them to, you know, an auditorium or on the facility, on the, the site, and, right. um, you know, they'll sit at round tables with their teachers, and they'll go up on a stage, and they'll perform a piece that they've written, and the last one that I went to, right, um, which was a month ago, yeah. maybe, um, it's so crazy because you sit with them and we're all just like sitting down at this round table and you're talking to them and they're normal teenagers. Right. And it's like, they're so young. I know. And you think it's just sad because a lot of the time they were just kind of in a situation. Clearly they made a really stupid decision 
which right. we all could at some point yeah. because you're young and you're like, I don't know, I'm just going to do what everybody else is doing. Right. And then you're stuck in this prison forever. Right. And it's so sad. And I was just talking to one of the kids and we were just talking and laughing and having a good time. And, you know, he was kind of talking about his case and, you know, I was like, oh, you know, are you not to be too personal, but like, are you, you know, here for a while? And he's like, well, yeah, I just went my, to my sentencing and um, he's like, a, it's like 25 years for me. And, and he was like 15. Right. And I was like, what? I know. It's just, it was sad and it was weird because it's like, I, I think naturally some people would have the reaction of like, well, they're criminals, so right. let's leave them in there right. and, you know, let them be. But it's like at that age, they still have so much more to learn and a person to become and it's just... Right. And there's still, there was still kindness in there for so many of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you remember what you were like when you were a teenager. Yeah. It's at that point in your life where you absolutely know everything. You know? Yeah. It's like, I know everything. And you're stubborn, you know? And so then you are totally fine with making all the mistakes or decisions that you've made at that point. But then, you know, like, for us, we're in our 30s. You just realize, like, oh, my God, I know I nothing. nothing. <laughs> and yeah. then you're just like, oh, my God, I was so dumb. But, you know, you just come to terms with that. And the sad thing is, is that, like, yeah, it's sad because they're not going to come out until they're in their 30s, 40s, you know? And, and then what? If they're lucky. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. There is a then what, obviously, and it can be really positive, and I've seen that because the program, a lot of my co-teachers and people that we've just known for years have followed kids for a really long time, and um, and a lot of them, yeah, they get out, and when they get out, you know, the program is there for them to help them find a job and, you know, find housing. And some of and, them have done yeah. really amazing things when they got out. Yeah. Profit is a really great example of one. Right, exactly. When you have, you know... An old student that comes out of prison and, you know, he's been in there for six years and then he ran for the um, position um, of state assembly for the um, the division that covers like Watts and Compton and like North Long Beach. So, you know, and he unfortunately um, lost this time around. But in any case, it just like goes to show you that, you know, I mean, you can... He's a different... Per he's yeah. changed his life around. Exactly. Because, I mean, just think about, like, that mistake that you've made. We've all done things that are illegal. You know? Like, I know I have, like, when I was a kid... I've done like, so many stupid like things. Like, you steal candy from something, you know, yeah. somewhere. Or, like, yeah. you know, at the grocery store, you do stupid things. And it's just, like, depends if you get caught or not. And in this case, like, a lot of these kids just got caught doing dumb shit. And, um, and some of it's not dumb shit, obviously, and a lot more serious. But, you know, it's just hard when it's kind of all you know. And, um... Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It, um, yeah, so that's Inside Out Writers, which is, it's a great program. Yeah. Are you, is there a website that people can go on? Or, yeah. Um, basically. Um, do you guys take donations type They of do. Um, okay. And I know they're looking, they're always looking for donations right now just because it is non-profit. They're looking for donations and they, don't they also look for teachers? Yeah, they do. Um, I think it just depends on like where they're at with it. But the website is insideoutwriters.org. And, and it, this is throughout the U.S., right? This is not just here in California. Um, this particular program is just here. Okay. But um, there are other programs that exist across the country, but not affiliated with okay. um, Inside I Out. I think I misunderstood that at the last thing. Um, um, regardless. Yeah. yeah, so definitely there's a, a, like a link on this website where you can donate. Um, 
and all the donations are much appreciated, obviously. But yeah, Inside Out Writers is growing. They're going to have a thrift store soon here in LA. Um, and it'll be pretty cool. So Awesome. So yeah, so there's that. Good old Inside Out. Well, what's next? Um, oh, I saw a really good movie. What did you see? Which I loved. It's a Swedish film. So it's a foreign film from the Swedes. Okay. Um, it's called Force Majeure. And I really liked it. Um, I've had, we have two friends that watched it and they told me to go see it because it was just really, it was just really well done. Um, it's basically, it's just, a, it's like a character study. Um, but it's, so first measure, like in French, it basically is like this, um, you know, if we're just like breaking down the words, it's basically like a hard point, you know, like a superior force or a chance occurrence, that type of thing. Like something happens and then now you have to deal with something. So in this movie, um, there's a family and they're on holiday in the French Alps. So they're a Swedish family. So there's um, a couple and then there's two kids. So basically the husband slash dad, his name's Tomas. And then the mom slash wife, her name's Ebba. And then um, the two children, their names are Vera and Harry. So basically, they're in the Alps and they're skiing and everything's great. And then one day, they're um, having lunch and it's on a deck. And basically, the deck overlooks the mountain. And throughout the beginning of the movie, you see that these cannons are being set off. And um, I guess what they do during... Um, the season is that they set the um, cannons off so that the powder can come down and like make skiing like great. Right. And I think it's also a way to control the avalanches because you never know when they're going to happen. So they kind of like preemptively do it. So a cannon is set off and everyone on the deck gets scared for a second, but everyone's like, oh, it's okay. It's just another forced avalanche. And then everyone like gets up and they're like, ooh, ah, like look at the avalanche. It's coming down. So, you know, they see this avalanche and Basically, it's coming down, and it's coming down a lot faster and a lot harder than everyone is anticipating, and the mom is kind of getting scared, and then the kids start getting scared, and everyone starts screaming and panicking, and the entire time, Tomas, the father and the husband, he's like, it's fine, it's fine, and he's like that up until that moment where it's like, oh shit, everything's not fine. We're gonna die. Exactly. So once that panic sets in, everyone's screaming, everyone's scrambling, Ebba gets up. And she covers Vera and Harry. So the mom gets up and covers the children. And the, and the father, Tomas, he gets up and books it. He just gets out of there. And there's a split second right before everything goes white because all this powder, like all the, um, what we think is like snow comes and like fills up the screen. But there's a moment right before it all goes white and you see her face and she sees him leave. And there's just, like, this look on her face that's, like, you're running away from us. You know, you're leaving us behind. Oof. I know. It's just, like, that moment that you're, like, oh, my God. My husband just left, you know, for us to die, really, you yeah. know. But then they realize that all of that white was just fog. Like, um, just you know, leftover like, powder. Exactly. So nothing actually happens. No one gets hurt. Nothing is ruined. And then the fog kind of dissipates. And then everyone sits back down and like, the kids oh, are ha, like ha, we all thought we were gonna die exactly <laughs> oh my god yeah i can't even imagine and the kids are like daddy daddy where is he and the mom's like uh just sit down and then the dad comes back in he's like laughing and he's like oh that was scary for a minute right 
pretending like nothing happened, pretending like he didn't leave. So what an interesting concept. So yeah, so that point of contention is like the force majeure, and that's what sets off the entire, um, sets the tone for the entire movie. Um, which basically now they're on vacation, but now they have to look at their dad differently, and this woman has to look at her husband in a different light. So interesting. That is yeah, because a that fun could be movie. taken either way of like okay, he's a coward. Yeah, or he's Ooh. just in survival mode. Right. Of like. I got to live. So you just kind of run. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, I guess being married to someone like that, you'd be like, oh, okay, so when push comes to shove, you just basically book it if you feel like you're going to die and leave us all to the death. Leave I us to the wolves. Only imagine. That's really interesting. Uh, what an interesting thing to make a movie about. I I, I love concepts like that because, um, because um, I just love – you know, um, subtle stories because I'm, I'm way more interested in, in like characters and like what they do, all the subtle things because what makes people tick. Exactly. You know, like the things that just get under people's skin. (laughs) (laughs) I love that kind of stuff. All that little stuff. So, um, so yeah. And then the dude from Game of Thrones is in it as well. Yeah. He, Mila just showed me the picture. So he's one of the wildlings. He's one of Ransomator's men. Yeah. Tormund. He's so good. So he plays the, um, a friend of the wife's? Uh, of the husband, A really. friend of the husband's. And so, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so cool. All um, right. We got to check that out. Yes. Check that out. And I think you saw a movie that I had been so, raving about. Yes, which you'd been waiting for me to see, which is Birdman. And... Yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. it I good, thought it right? was pretty spectacular. And I hadn't seen any trailers. I went in not knowing anything. Me too. And I think there's something to that. And mm-hmm. so part of me wants to talk about it, and part of me is like, you guys should just go out and see it. But it's with Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. Edward Norton, Naomi Watts, Emma Stone. Um, yeah. Am I forgetting anybody? Yeah, I mean. Just an amazing cast of people. And yeah, there's just some great people in, in this movie. Yeah. It's, it's uh, Zach Galifianakis, did you say that? Zach Galifianakis, I did. Which is, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. Um, it's basically just about this this man who's played by Michael Keaton, who was... An actor, and he played in superheroes. It's all, it's almost feels like it was Michael Keaton's life. Exactly. I think it's just like a parallel on the fact that Michael Keaton was like the original Batman, and he, oh, not the original, but the fi- the feature film. Okay, I, I mean, I'm whoa, gonna whoa, get really whoa. touchy there for a minute. I'm like, well, you know, the, <laughs> Easy does it. Like the he Enterprise Batman, that we all know yes. Is that like, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman? Like, I remember when that came out, and I remember all those posters. I remember like, seeing Catwoman and Penguin and all these, like, all the posters. Like, I just yeah. remember the hoopla behind it. So he basically made a choice not to do right. the, I, don't, I can't remember how many did, but there was one another one that they were going to do. He said no because he's like, I want to try to be a serious, a serious like, actor and right. do some really um, better quality stuff. Not that that was bad quality, but he just wanted to get out of that and do more dramatic stuff. So basically the movie is kind of about that. Yeah. This man writes this play and is trying – first time on Broadway and is trying to be taken right. seriously because he still has ego you know and that whole thing with yeah and that's what's so interesting about this movie is that like they mix so many different things that you're actually not even sure what's going on like yeah like I even was getting confused with um a lot of the which I guess I'll call like the magical portions of it because I'm like wait a minute I'm what's like what's real and what's not I'm like and- is he floating I'm like is he really controlling things with his mind you know like because <laughs> yeah. he has like his superhero qualities 
and it plays into his own reality. Like he thinks that he, or I don't know if he thinks that, but like, you know, he controls things with his mind or he's able to do things and, you know, he's able to fly, he's able to do all these things. And I'm like, how, I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, it's yeah. so crazy. Um, I've never really seen anything like it before. It's It mixes everything in so much that you're just like, I don't even know. Yeah. Because it's not like there's these crazy special effects or, I mean, there are special effects, but it's not, it's very almost seamless that you're just like, okay, wait. Yeah. You know, it's a very small as big as like the movie is, it's super small because it only really takes place in this theater. Yeah, it feels you know? very intimate. And, and the cinematography like is insane. Right. And the guy who did it, Manuel Lubisky, I don't know how to say his last name, but he was the guy who did Gravity and Children of Men, which Children of Men is one of my favorite movies also because of the way it was shot is just stunning right like he's just um, super good at making those like cons- like that one long what feels like one long shot yeah it's just it's beautifully shot and so well written and just an incredible story right it's by alejandro gonzalez Inaritu, who was also uh they all work together he always works he Ugh. was the guy yeah they did babel amores peros beautiful yeah. 21 grams what else um it's a great movie it's so good definitely check it's it so out so cool it's so fun um it's very different i liked it a lot yeah. as well so go check it out so two good two two movies that were hot right now two movies that are so super hot yeah there's just so much going on what else is going on um i mean i said that and now i have nothing to talk about <laughs> <laughs> do we have any bothersomes or did we already kind of cover that with the charles manson thing yeah i mean we are completely bothered by it yeah do we have any more botherds? I mean, um, no, but Neil Young is bothered by Starbucks. Oh, he is? How come? Yeah, Neil Young is really upset because um, basically he... <laughs> there's, I was actually just reading this article on why he's boycotting. Um, he's like, I went in for a creme brulee latte and they made it poorly. <laughs> exactly. That's like me. That's what I always do. <laughs> I know. Um, he is upset because... Um, Let's see. Rock legend Neil Young is urging his fans to boycott Starbucks over the coffee company's role in a lawsuit against Vermont over its requirements to label genetically modified ingredients in food. So, um, which, you know, I'm kind of like, I've always been in line with um, that same thing with GMOs and stuff like that. I've always been in line with Neil Young. uh, Yeah, I've always been in line with Neil Young um, ever since Silver and Gold came out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously... I don't know. It's a fine line. Everything's a fine line. Yeah. I, I mean, he's a big social activist and food yeah. activist anyway, so I, yeah. I think um, he probably has some truth there to that. Yeah, he does. He has some truth to it, but it's just funny when people have to make a big stink about everything, um, which I guess is the point. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll life. get a bunch of free Starbucks. That's kind of like what you do. Yeah, me too. I, I try to. Yeah. I try to. If you complain... I mean, maybe I shouldn't be talking about that. <laughs> yeah, if you complain, you'll get everything for free. Well, I'm wondering if we have anything else to talk about. I don't, you know. I really don't. Um, we might we might just have to leave you guys with just a little bit of hot and botherds. Yeah, just that's about it. Because we did just got. record our last podcast on Friday. So yeah. we, haven't had a, we don't have a full week to work with here. No, we don't. Um, and also, I guess I think we can end it with the fact that... Um, uh, People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive is Chris Hemsworth. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. So he's been great. Yes, I would definitely agree. Hammer, because when I Hammer-wielding Thor. 
When I saw him, I had no words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> he's really good looking. He's quite good looking. Yeah. He's great. He's, he's a handsome great. dude. I would agree. I, people, you've, you've done right. You picked well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's great. And um, I think that's it. And I think this Friday we're going to try to go see Dumb and Dumber 2. So we'll have that to report next week. We'll report back on that. Yeah. And we'll post a picture of Winston sleeping on a remote. Yeah. Uh, using it as a pillow. And then we'll try to do some more, um, some just more pictures, you know, here and there. And if you guys have anything to tell us, go ahead and do it. Yeah, if there's anything that you f- find hot or bothers you, please let us know. And yeah, let us know. And we'll put it in our next podcast. Right. Okay, then. All right, everybody. Stay wildly, wildly hot, hot and bothered. bothered.